We continue from Atlanta to the Dukes and Panthers as we roll on here on this Saturday afternoon. A pleasure to have you along. I am Dave Riggert. Let's talk some Georgia State football now and talk to Dave Cohen, who is the voice of the Panthers. Hi, Dave. How are you, sir? I'm good, Dave. Good to talk to you as you guys uh, get ready to take on Georgia State. Looking forward to having the uh, Dukes here at Center Park Stadium. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been my, it was my first trip to, to Center Park Stadium. But I want to talk about that, first of all, because there's been a lot of talk with, with just our folks around here. This is where the Braves used to play, and when they were rolling in the 90s, this is where they played. So how has the transformation been of Center Center Park Stadium for, for Georgia State to make it into a football-only facility? Um, it seems like it's gone pretty smooth. Well, remember, too, that uh, the initial life of the stadium began with the 1996 Summer Olympic Games. It yeah. was originally the Olympic Stadium in 96, and you know then it was retrofitted uh, for the Atlanta Braves, and they were there about 20 years, so it was a Major League Baseball ballpark. Interestingly enough, it was built right across the street from the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, which is now a parking lot and will soon be a baseball complex for Georgia State. But yeah, Georgia State took over um, Turner Field when the Braves moved north up Interstate 75 to Truist Park, where they play now. And the work started, and uh, it, it was quick as far as uh, you know converting the stadium into its third life, which is now Center Park Stadium and a Georgia State football stadium. So they had to tear up, you know, all the turf, the baseball diamonds, so on and so forth, and you know, restructure it. Some seats had to be removed you know, on both sides and um, in order to fit a 100-yard football field in there. And then they built visiting visiting stands basically on what would have been right field, right second base to right field. So it, it looks pretty good. Uh, it, the, the Braves' move out of Atlanta was really a blessing for Georgia State because we were playing our home games uh, in the old Georgia Dome, which doesn't exist anymore. It's now Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But the, I often ask the rhetorical question, if the Braves do not move, where does Georgia State play football? Where would we have found land anywhere in downtown Atlanta, close to campus, where you could build a 25,000-seat college football stadium? Right. So it's worked out for everybody, and uh, it's now the home, you know, Georgia State football. Georgia State Athletics is based out of the facility, and uh, right up the street, we built the brand new convocation center. Mm -hmm. Speaking of basketball, that's about an 8,000 seat facility. So my point is the Braves leaving the area really opened things up for Georgia state facility wise in ways that, if they don't move, I don't know what we would have done. Right. We're talking to Dave Cohen again from Georgia State. Panthers and Dukes here is coming up today. And, you know, talk about the this year, obviously, 4 and 8 a year ago, made a bowl a couple years ago, a little bit of a down year, very close losses a year ago. I'm a big fan of Coach Elliott and what he's been able to do with Georgia State. But, boy, they, they lost some really talented players to the portal, but still a lot of, enough guys stayed. They brought some guys in, already bowl eligible. I know off of a tough loss to Georgia Southern uh, back about a week and a half ago, but um, they've had a Really, really good year so far. They're playing very well. Dave, I think the difference this year was unlike a year ago when we started out opening up the season at South Carolina with a close loss and then coming home and losing a close game to North Carolina at our stadium the first time we hosted a Power Five. This year we opened up with uh, two games at home, Rhode Island, which was a win, and UConn, which was a win. And I really think that uh, winning those first two games brought a lot of positive vibes around the program early on that we didn't have last year. Then we go to Charlotte, and we play a great second half, and we get out of there with the win, and then we follow it up with a win at Coastal Carolina. My point is is that 
the last couple of three years, we have found ourselves in a situation where after the first month of the season, we're trying to dig ourselves out of a deficit, trying to dig out of a hole. This year, based on the schedule, and you're right, with some of the impact players that they did bring in to replace the impact players we lost to the transfer portal, um, getting off to that 4-0 start has made all the difference of the in the world. It feels like they're running downhill a little bit more, so to speak, as opposed to, like I said, starting out one and three or two and four. Uh, the positive vibes around the program have really made a big difference. It's something that they haven't had here in the last couple of three seasons. And obviously Darren Granger, quarterback, he's a difference maker. Obviously he can do it with his feet and, and his arm, and he's played really well so far this year. What have you seen out of him that, that maybe uh, – is it more of a, a just being a veteran, maturing a little bit into this role? Do you see that from him? Yeah, you know, his journey to Georgia State is one that's really interesting, and he and I have talked about it on more than one occasion. You know, in 2019, when Georgia State beat Tennessee and Knoxville, we came back the next week and played Furman here at Center Park Stadium. Darren Granger was the starting quarterback for the Furman Paladins, and we almost lost to them in a shootout. I mean, he looked fantastic. Next thing you know, during the summer, they announced that he's transferring from Furman to Georgia State, and he has been he has been great for the Panthers. I mean, uh, the biggest difference between him this year and last year, uh, I would have to point initially to our strength and conditioning coach, Mike Siriano, along with a number of other players, but specifically with Darren, as far as building up his muscle mass, putting on weight. Instead of being 195, he put on about anywhere between 15 and 20 pounds. Because of the way he plays, he's basically our second running back. And last year, as you may know, he was our leading rusher, um, you know, along with Tucker Gregg and Jemias Williams. But at the end of the year, he had more rushing yards than those two guys. So, you know, his role of a dual-threat quarterback and the pounding that he will take week after week, the extra weight, has really made him into, I think, a little bit better, bigger and stronger. He's already pretty fast for a quarterback who's about 6'4", 6'5", but the extra weight and muscle mass has really made a big difference. And he lost a couple of decent receivers, but they have brought in, uh, and a few guys have actually you know, upped their game, like Robert Lewis and Talik Williams, but they brought in a couple of guys. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, it, it's interesting to look back at his progression as quarterback at Georgia State. Again, from the first time we saw him when he was a Furman quarterback to what he is now in his third season starting here. <laughs> yeah, no question. And then Marcus Carroll obviously has taken off over 1,000 yards, one of the top rushers in the country right now. Um, he's finally gotten an opportunity, and boy, he's ran with it. He sure has. He got caught up in the numbers game because, like I said, Darren was our leading rusher. Tucker Gregg, who was a great story, and Jemias Williams got all the rest of the carries. The one, the one game last year that gave everybody a little bit of insight as to what we were could expect from Marcus was Georgia State's win on the road at Southern Miss. He rushed for, I want to say, it might have been just under 200 yards and scored three touchdowns, and we're all looking at each other. It's like, oh, boy, you know, even though we're, we're, we're going to be sad to see Tucker and Jemias, you know, leave the program because they've exhausted their eligibility, look what's coming around the corner, Marcus Carroll. He'll be the guy next year. And he's already rushed for 12 touchdowns, and he's just over 1,000 yards. And we still have four regular season games and hopefully a bowl game to go. So, yeah, he has been, uh, you know, as the main guy, he has been fantastic this year running the ball. And it'll be a big test this week, as you know, against the number one run defense in college football. 
Well, one thing that, that, again, we're talking Dave Cohen from Georgia State talking about the Panthers and obviously with Coach Elliott being a former offensive lineman and, and loving that position, kind of had to retool the offensive line, but but that group has really, they've played really well this year, haven't they? They sure have. And uh, again, you had to plug and play with uh, with a few guys. We lost some experienced guys off the line, most notably Pat Bartlett and Malik Sumter. Travis Glover is back. Uh, he's kind of li- the leader of that group. They brought in Titan Ferris from Central Michigan. Montavious Cunningham is back, but, you know, obviously as a starter now, has a bigger role. So, yeah, the, the, the offensive line, as I said to Marcus, I said it's fantastic that you got these, you know, the, the thousand yards. But And he knows this, uh, and Darren knows it too, is, you know, when you base it on the numbers, a lot of that does not happen unless you've got success along the offensive line. And we always talk about chemistry on the offensive line. It, yeah, it's five individuals, but they're all working as one. And, um, you know, thankfully it's worked for them this year with with the guys that they got back and the guys that they had to, uh, again, bring in and plug and play have stepped in nicely. And they work well as a unit. Again, Marcus doesn't put up those kind of numbers if they weren't. Yeah, no question. We're talking to Dave Cohen again, play-by-play voice at Georgia State. They get set for James Madison today. And how about on the defensive side of the football? Um, again, lost some really good players to the portal, but but that side of the football, it feels like um, they've played really well, a new coordinator. How has that been with a new coordinator coming in with a little bit new new scheme that, that he's implemented? Well, yeah, we did lose a couple of players on the defensive side, most notably Thomas Gore to Miami Hurricanes and Antavius Lane to the to the Tar Heels of North Carolina. But they brought in some impact players as well, uh, although he'll be a game-time decision. Kevin Swint, who transferred in from Clemson, has been fantastic, is one of those outside rushers. Uh, Gavin Pringle had the huge interception at Louisiana a couple weeks ago to secure that win. He's got three interceptions. He's been solid. Um, after transferring in from Bucknell as one of our corners. And Ty G. Leach, uh, who came in from Lehigh, is our third leading tackler and a big playmaker on the defensive side. So, uh, And then Henry Bryant, who replaced Thomas Gore at nose guard. You know, you, the transfer portal, as you know, has changed things. You're plugging and, you know, you're losing guys, you're bringing in guys. But you never know until you get them on the field what kind of an impact they're going to have. And those four guys that I just mentioned have been impact players uh, for Georgia State, and from the defensive standpoint as well, um, you know we have a new de- we, uh, coach Elliott brought in, uh, you know, a new defensive coordinator, Chad Staggs. He was he's obviously coming in from Coastal Carolina. Great working knowledge of you know the Sun Belt week in and week out. You know, for a couple of years there, Coastal Carolina, uh, as James Madison is now kind of the face of the, the Sun Belt Conference with regards to football. So I think the fact that Coach Staggs was able to come in, he didn't have to rearrange all the furniture, but was able to bring in and bring in these impact players that I'm talking about. The defensive unit really didn't drop off much from what it was last year. It just looks a little bit different, and it runs a little bit different based on Coach Staggs and, and the changes in personnel. You know, one thing it seems like with Coach Elliott and his staff this is a physical football team. Coach Signetti's mentioned that a couple times this week, that this is a physical team. Is that, is that kind of the M.O. That, that, that Coach Elliott wants? Yeah, no question. That's the kind of player he was at Appalachian State. You hear that old saying, you want your players to play, uh, I don't know, not in the image of, but in the same form of fashion, have that same kind of mentality that, that their coach had as a player. And Coach was that kind of a player, 
at uh, Appalachian State. And so I think the defense uh, kind of plays in that same fashion that Coach Elliott was as a player. You know, that's just uh, that's one of those things that coaches are able to instill in their players. Uh, the players have obviously bought in. The message, the message has gotten through uh, on the field and in the locker room. And um, so far, it's, it, again, it's worked out well. Um, you know, with this with this cast that they that they are playing with this year, maybe as opposed to, to last year's team. And last year's team, to be honest with you, said it was there were a lot of close losses. I mean, that team was. I mean, the, the loss to Charlotte at home and the loss to Louisiana Monroe at home, those should have both been W's, and if they were, now you're at six wins, and now you're bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. So they weren't far off. The changes in the offseason, though, have really taken this year. Yeah, they have, no doubt. We're talking to Dave Cohen from Georgia State. The Dukes and Panthers get set to do battle here today in Atlanta. And obviously, this is a big game. The Dukes obviously are playing well, um, but Georgia State's 6-2, and two, and, and to try and stay in the hunt, to try and, try and get to... Uh, the Sun Belt Championship game. They don't have to worry about JMU because they're not eligible. So right, they're in the thick of it right now with Georgia Southern. That one was a tough loss last week. But you know, do you feel like they'll respond pretty well from the loss last week to Georgia Southern? Um, you know, I don't. The way Coach Elliott coaches, w- what happened last game doesn't necess- It doesn't linger. He doesn't allow it to linger. They totally turn their attention to what's in front as opposed to worrying about what's behind and. You know, they were able to take whatever good things out of that game at, at Georgia Southern that they that they could. I don't you know, I don't know exactly what all those were. We didn't play particularly well. I was a little worried about that game coming out of Louisiana because they didn't play we didn't score a single point in the second half against the Raging Cajuns. It was Gavin Pringle's interception in the end zone that secured that win. And then you get back to Atlanta and you got a short week to get ready to go down to Statesboro to take on your in state rival, which is already one of those games with an electric atmosphere there's a lot of energy and a lot of emotion so i was worried going into statesboro that's just me personally and then again we did not play particularly well at least well enough to get out of there with a win and you know i call it the gauntlet because really starting with troy right want to go back to coastal carolina they're not a game on this schedule that that you could look (laughs) at just like pencil in a w no doubt. I mean, every single game is a knockdown, drag, drag them out battle. And you know, after you, we got Appalachian State, yeah. and then a game at LSU, and then at Old Dominion. There's just not a game there that you would term not an easy game, but a game that you feel good about. Yeah, that's what this league is right now. There's no doubt. Hey, how about the 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 atmosphere at Center Park Stadium and the fan base? Are they starting to kind of get into it with this Georgia State team as they continue to play well? Well, we hope so. You know, Georgia State athletics and football face a challenge that none of the other 13 schools in the Sun Belt face, in my opinion. And that's where the only large market yeah, school. I agree. Yeah. And we, yeah, we face competition. I mean, we were talking about this the other day at practice because there's a lot of talk now that the National Hockey League may be coming back to Atlanta for a third time. If that happens, that would give you five professional sports teams. We count Georgia, the University of, almost as the as a professional sports team in town, and then throw in Georgia Tech and Kennesaw State, and then everything else going on in this town. You know, Georgia State's the largest university at just over fifty three thousand students. Um, about eight thousand live on campus; the rest are commuter, and they work. And there's so much to do in this town. We don't really have the same kind of a captive audience on any given weekend 
that some of these smaller to mid-market schools in the league have. And, you know, that's the challenge. Even when we've been good two years ago, we, you know, won eight games, which for us is the most we've won in the 13, now 14-year history of the program. But on any given Saturday while we're playing, let's say, James Madison or Troy, Georgia could be hosting Alabama or or (laughs) playing at Auburn or playing at Tennessee or Florida. Georgia Tech could have Clemson or Florida State here. And then you throw in Falcons football on Sunday. There's just so much going on and so much competition. Georgia State, even though it's a large university, it's still a group of five, and we have to fight and scream and kick to make people take notice and get excited about what's going on down here. And we're going to face that challenge you know, from here on out, it's I don't I don't see that challenge ever going away. We're not in Troy, Alabama. We're not in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Yeah. We're not in San Marcos, Texas. We're in Atlanta, Georgia. There's there's a million things going on here. We just have to fight to become a bigger part of it. Yeah, no question about that. Well, it's a good football team. This should be a fun game. Again, the Dukes eight and zero and five and zero in the Sun Belt. Georgia State comes in six and two, and they're three and two in league play. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Have a great call today. All right, you too, Dave. Always good to talk to you. That's Dave Cohen from Georgia State. We'll come back with more pregame as we continue with James Madison football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network.